Hare Krishna, everyone. Please accept my most respectful obeisances. Welcome once again to another episode of Following Jayapataka Swami, where we talk to secretaries and close disciples of His Holiness Jayapataka Swami, our dear Guru Maharaj. So today we have a very, very special guest, Badra Balram Prabhu, who is who was Guru Maharaj's uh, servant in the early 90s, and he is still serving Guru Maharaj in various capacities. So without further ado, we would like to go straight into the kata, straight into talking to Badra Balram Prabhu about various things. Hare Krishna Prabhu, thank you so much for joining us today. Hare Krishna Mataji, Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. So Prabhu, uh, I, uh, I've known you for a long time. You know, but I think you are pretty low key. Not many people know you. <laughs> and I think, you know, it's really uh, important that everyone knows uh, various disciples of Guru Maharaj, where they came from, how they were introduced to Krishna consciousness, etc. So Prabhu, can you briefly tell us how you got connected with Krishna consciousness? What attracted you to Krishna consciousness and basically your brief journey into Krishna consciousness? Thank you, Mataji. Uh, well, it's generally different for everyone how they come to this path. For me also was maybe a little different compared to many others. Uh, it all started actually basically from my childhood because my parents, they were very pious people. Mm -hmm. They used to tell us uh, to learn and practice Sanskrit verses. Mm. Every night we should sit together and chant all the mantras together. This is kind of a traditional thing in our Brahmin family and that was part of it. So uh, they would make us read books of say uh, how people like the children like uh, Prahlad and Dhruva, they got mercy from the Lord. And I used to remember, I used to read those books also. Mm. So this kind of sanskar and practice where even to all the siblings, and I was one of them. Mm -hmm. uh, we also used to have some books in uh, at our home that you know, like Ramayan, Ramayan, Bhagavad Gita, Simad Bhagavatam, Shiva Puran, and uh, that was also part of the training. And we used to remember the verses and read those books. In fact, I, I am sure also my brothers, sisters also did that. But I finished Bhagavatam, Ramayan, those things before. I mean, to Krishna consciousness. Mm -hmm. uh, so that was helping. At the same time, like we had a traditional uh, worship of Shaligram, Shila, also Shivalinga. Uh, my parents used to worship uh, Tulsi Maharani. We used to do this Tulsi, Shaligram, uh, marriage, things like that. So all these things helped me. And as I grew, mm -hmm. my interest in this uh, whole spiritual aspect kept increasing. Mm -hmm. The only thing I wasn't sure how to put them in practice because <laughs> you know how in India we we see people are they talk a in a very high manner about God or about spiritual life, yeah. uh, books or knowledge and things like that. But when it comes to practically talking about God, mm -hmm. who is God, for example. Mm -hmm. You don't find you don't find a clear explanation. Uh, so I was confused that I, I was attracted to be 
spiritually more advanced, but I didn't have a practical way to live that life. Of course, by Prabhupada's mercy, you know, this happened that I could come in touch with the, his books. Uh, what happened one day, my uh, elder brother, he brought some ISKCON books. And uh, I read, Bhagavad Gita was one of them, for sure, as it is. And after reading those books, uh, I again read Bhagavad Gita, I remember. Mm. And I thought, wow, this there is a way to live this spiritual life without being uh, in some sort of illusion or confusion, where is what is God and in all, you know how <laughs> it's a very, uh, sometimes very funny way people think. So this is how I, I came in touch with Iskon books, Prabhupada books. And uh, later on, I I used to find, I was trying to find out where are these people because they were so attractive. Prabhupada described them in a way what devotee is. I read uh, the 12th chapter of Bhagavad Gita. So, so beautifully explained devotees, qualities, and 15 chapters. So beautifully explained the entire existence, the Jiva, Shiva, whatever else, you know, Purushottam, Brahma, Akshaya, Akshaya, Akshara, Akshara, in one chapter. So all these things were there, but I was not able to find out how to live. In Prabhupada's books, this thing became very clear to me. Mm-hmm. What is spiritual world? What we are? How we came here? Why we came here? Why we are stuck here? What we are supposed to do? So this thing was like a revealing to me. You know, uh, I never read with such a clarity any book, although I did read a lot of books uh, from different Indian uh, religious leaders and saintly people, them. but uh, you know, I'm not sure about others, but it did not really click me well. And uh, actually, if I look back, it should not click to others also because uh, the expression was not so clear, you know. But Prabhupada was very clear about the whole thing, and uh, I liked it so much. So I started reading Prabhupada more books, and I was looking for strong devotees. Okay. I said, where are these people though? Because I want to meet them. Mm-hmm. And one day I found uh, a Sankirtan bus in Surat. I was oh. coming back from a factory and uh, and I stopped. I said, hey, uh, you are from Iskon, yes? I asked some questions and, you know, things like that. Uh, wasn't very impressed, to be frank, by their answer. But because I had a books and they were not perhaps very... Uh, what you call together in uh, dealing with those kind of things. Mm-hmm. So anyway, they they gave me some prasadam, and so I started meeting them every day. I would on the way back home, I would talk there. He would give me prasadam. It became a, a good experience. But I was not going to temple. That was the one thing that I was missing. Mm-hmm. One day, one devotee came. Uh, he was a congregation member. He said, Prabhuji, why don't you come to temple? This con temple. Mm-hmm. I said, uh, you know, general answer we always give, oh, I would like to go, but no time. Yeah. And he asked me one question I could not reply. He said, if tomorrow death comes to you and tells you, you have to go now, would you be able to say no or say, I don't have time now or I'll come later? And I answer, I'll be there next Sunday. <laughs> Because <laughs> and I was there in school next Sunday festival or Sunday program. Mm-hmm. So that's how I started going to temple. I met one. Uh, I was looking for the temple president actually. 
Yeah. And I met one Mataji there, very senior God sisters. She is now Chaitanya Dasi Mataji. She mm -hmm. took me to her husband, who was a temple president, a proper disciple. For the... So I met him and uh, we had a good uh, philosophical discussion. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I was impressed that these people are really together. They have clarity in their thought. Yeah. So if I have to say one aspect of Krishna, one aspect which attracted me, that is philosophy. It's the philosophy. So philosophically, things were very uh, like a vague, you know, we, we didn't have clarity on what we are. So that really affected me and impressed me and convinced me that this is the path I should live with. And uh, this is something that uh, nobody else has told me. You know, nobody yeah. else. I was very happy. And then a temple, you know, then temple, I was I used to go to Mangalati sometime. My father would know all the time, but you know, he would say, I would go with you in the morning. Why you have to stay overnight there? So uh, I said, no, Papa, I mean, Father, uh, I would go early morning or late night, stay overnight, and things like that. Mm -hmm. Then I came in touch with this one more, and then heard about Maya Dham, heard about uh, our Guru Maharaj. Mm -hmm. and it was very uh, beautiful experience in Iskon. I, I used to see devotees cooking and distributing. Uh, books and groups and mm -hmm. it was beautiful. So I just decided to go and uh, I'm here. <laughs> yeah, uh, so that's my that's my next question, Prabhu. I'm just thinking because, you know, you were from Surat, you know, and there's so much pressure now on young people to follow the trends of uh, the masses. But you broke away from all of that so-called trend and you decided to dedicate your life, you know, to Krishna consciousness. You moved to Mayapur. You have been living in Mayapur for so many years now. So uh, apart from the philosophy, okay, I wouldn't say apart from the philosophy. I'll just ask you what made you make that choice and what gave you that motivation to break away from that trend that people follow? As you know, it is not easy to be in India, be an Indian, mm -hmm. and leave home. It's, yeah. it's, it's just not acceptable for most people. Yeah. Uh, so yes, it was difficult for me also. Mm -hmm. uh, what what I was basically uh, doing is that I would go to temple, come back, and then talk to my father. Talk to my brothers. I was in uh, Surat. My brothers were there, and then uh, gradually I started telling them that what I am looking forward. Mm -hmm. I could not convince them. Of course, my father was a very strong uh, person. He himself was a very knowledgeable person, mm -hmm. and also my brothers. And so they wouldn't buy my arguments. <laughs> but we had Prabhupada's <laughs> arguments. You know, nobody yeah. could defeat. So uh, I uh, I somehow that took a stand that no I must chant Hare Krishna now I mean I just had to chant because I was convinced that chanting was the one thing that would help me no matter where I go. Prabhupada said the main thing is to purify your heart by chanting. Mm -hmm. So I was convinced about that. Mm -hmm. uh, I, what I would do I would go in uh, some room or chant alone and. Uh, there was some criticism also. People thought, oh, this guy is going crazy or, you know, he's becoming mad. You know? <laughs> so, uh, but I continued to chant because uh, 
that was one thing i was reading books also finally i told them i told my brother we had a business brothers business together and so i i mentioned to him that uh, i plan to uh, i plan to leave home and uh, uh, join his con full time mm-hmm. so he uh, being a very smart person i would say he did not he did not reject immediately my ideas mm-hmm. but uh, uh, but he said uh, okay fine and uh, he uh, he he told my father about that and uh, my plan of leaving home for good did not work out uh, i mean i i i actually failed in the first attempt because uh, uh, they did not allow me to go and sorry so then finally uh, i thought i cannot i cannot uh, tell them the whole plan because uh, they wouldn't allow me to go and then i told them that uh, okay i'm going to go to mayapur visit mayapur and uh, i will come back <laughs> i did not say when but i said i will come back and i did go back but after a few years you know uh, and uh, my parents i think they understood because they know me well mm-hmm. this guy won't come back but uh, nonetheless i think they accepted the reality and uh, bless me may pray to krishna take care of uh, so basically this was you see that their main concern was about my safety what i understood yes they they thought that what what will happen to my son yeah our son especially iskon was not very well known that time in gujarat especially especially around our area mm-hmm. they also had some negative propagandas i read some magazine about uh, you know some uh, issues in iskon somebody breaking away and things like that so uh, iskon was not carrying a very good impression uh-huh. and then uh, you know how it is difficult for a indian family yeah. who has a good uh, family background you know affectionate parents and siblings and you know good education and you know good career waiting for the person or getting married all these things so it was very difficult frankly very difficult to uh, leave but and also we didn't have this time those bhakti rickshaws or kind of setup like that yeah. which could help us you know uh, talk to parents and things like that so it was difficult but i think the only thing worked was uh, determination and prabhu pas mercy i could even speak to my father sometime mm-hmm. i had to also humbly argue with him sometime that father you are my father in this life Yeah. What about next life? What about previous life? You know, I would even talk like that to him. Of course, he also knew philosophy, but you know, yeah. being a father, affections and things like that. So also, maybe he was afraid of my afraid means he was concerned about my mother's reactions, yeah. how she would be able to take it because she was very attached to me. Mm-hmm. But by the mercy of Mahaprabhu, mercy of Prabhupada, mm-hmm. and mercy of Mahapur Dham, I could finally come and. I did not break away. I would call, mm-hmm. but in a sense, I did break away. Yes, I yeah. completely shut off all the relations with them for a few years. Oh wow! Because Mayapur was actually far from Gujarat. It is far. At that time, there were no landline or STD calls came later on. Mm-hmm. But mobile phones much later, so it was difficult. 
they my my parents and my elder brother to check how i'm doing here in mayapur <laughs> and he came and uh, i remember so they came in you know uh, he came and checked and he went back and reported so i think they accepted reality okay he's gone and just be happy and one more thing i must tell you now that i'm very happy that after i joined mm-hmm. my family members they they became more positive towards iskon because they could see that i was not becoming a you know a uh, wrong guy you know i was becoming yes. more serious in life mm-hmm. i was responsible yeah and uh, later i got married my father came to see me my mother left uh, before that after i left he left world my father came with my brother and like that my baby so they saw that iskon was a good responsible society and not uh, some uh, you know like irresponsible people yeah so my younger siblings my brothers and sisters their families children mm-hmm. they became krishna conscious they got initiated they are they are our god sisters god brothers now wow. so that's very good so they're taking care of other taking interest in uh, krishna consciousness reading books or so it was all a very good experience by the mercy of great mahaprabhu and sir prabhupad believe that mahaprabhu that's amazing yeah absolutely and i think it's really important that we tell these stories because you know a lot of young people young boys especially are also in situations like this where they are so attracted to the philosophy to the movement and they want to move to the temple but parents you know they always are concerned for the safety of the children so when we hear stories like this this can be very inspirational not only to the young people but to also parents you know to let them know that this is not a bad thing this is actually a very good thing for your yes, children yes, yes. Sure, sure yeah that 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 helps them practically when they see mm-hmm. uh, like uh, that we are not uh, people to run away with responsibility and one more thing mm-hmm. i was why i continued although i knew my mother was you know having difficulties without you know because i left and she talked about me and it was a natural to understand that yeah uh, but i was convinced that what i was doing was not only good for myself it was yeah. going to be good for the whole family mm-hmm. philosophically practically in all sense i was very sure that i was doing the right thing by being a devotee and by practicing krishna consciousness mm-hmm. in my so i i i just i continued to be there and i yeah. did not want to go back thinking like that generally they also feared the sun would come back and socially become disturbing and things like that mm-hmm. but uh, that did not happen and uh, by mahaprabhu's mercy i continued so yes it's very true that parents do have this fear uh you know uh, and they well they have their own yeah. ways and it's only natural yeah it's natural once you do the life that we talk about i think they feel i think they feel more more uh, convinced mm-hmm. that yes my children will not be unhappy not they won't yeah. be suffering there then they would allow because after all they are actually your well wishes exactly i think you don't exactly. have a conviction that the children will be happy or they will go to the right path most of the people at you know yes uh, so that helps on your practical okay. exam Yeah. So, which year was that, Prabhu, when you arrived in Mayapur? I came in nineteen eighty nine, Gaurpurima. Wow. Uh, I, I yeah. came eighty nine, Gaurpurima, Mayapur. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. and in 1989 itself uh, proud part i got initiated by guru maharaj okay and talking about that prabhu i uh, understand from janaki raman prabhu he was saying that you were one of the first ones to actually help guru maharaj to uh, book his around the world tickets so and you were his uh, personal secretary in the early 90s i think 91 to 92 so can you tell us a little bit about that experience and how you got connected to guru maharaj and all of that i don't know how much time we have mother this is a big thing okay. Oh yeah, it's he's so dynamic he's so dynamic and he would travel in a way that would challenge every practically all the airlines to accommodate his requirements yeah so when the round the world concept came up gurumaj would uh, use round the world ticket mm-hmm. now round the world if you know it is it cannot cover all the places it just uh, they allow certain things certain rules they don't allow certain things they try to restrict people mm-hmm. they try to make sure that people don't take advantage of their fair you know uh, there is there is a uh, there is a saying in bengali which means in english that it says that if you think you are clever and move from branch to branch on a tree i will move from leaf to leaf means i am more <laughs> i mean this was the thing that i it was for me like that when we used to argue with the airlines people mm-hmm. and guru maharaj was so so expert at delivery guru maharaj was so expert in ticketing he would he would teach people he would teach the agencies the airlines argue with them so what guru maharaj would do when he wants to say is let me take few more minutes to explain this thing because it's very interesting yes go ahead prabhu okay thank you yeah uh, what what we would do is that we had a team because i mean mainly marichu was doing the itinerary part mm-hmm. of taking temples and finding out where guru maharaj to go those kind of things and i would do the ticketing and visa part and guru maharaj would be on top of that deciding what he wants to finally do okay we also used to have sometimes guru maharaj would go with traveling secretaries mm-hmm. sometimes he would go alone in some small sectors but generally he would go with traveling secretaries mm-hmm. so he also would be part of our team and understand how to organize the whole ticketing mm-hmm. so guru maharaj first of all we would get a a uh, an idea of where he would want to go mm-hmm. then guru maharaj would say okay bhadravaram you find out all the round the world fares see there are few round the world companies means companies means alliances of airlines oh okay they used to call them they used to call them star alliance mm-hmm. one world they yes. had a world navigator Had, those kind of things they had mm-hmm. and uh, so guru maharaj would make us get all the rules all the fares for that particular round the world ticket not only from india from many countries and he would decide which country the price was cheapest and most beneficial 
Now, once you change the country, you also have to change the routing because you cannot leave from India and go there. So it used to become pretty complicated, you know, very complicated. Uh, so we would get all the rules, study the rules, and then Guru Maharaj would uh, tell us, okay, this is the best thing, we go with this. Mm-hmm. Now, not always was easy to convince the airlines people. Yes. Generally, they are very smart. I mean, I'm not sure how many think, but in my experience, they think they are smarter than the passenger. The case is knew much more than these people, you know. Mm-hmm. And Guru Mahal would go to the final details of every rule. He would make us go through all the details, ask different questions, and then tell us to go and tell the airlines. Okay, tell them why not this is possible. Why this cannot be done? Mm-hmm. Generally argue, but after some time they realize that this this guy is not going to give up because <laughs> I would argue with Guru Mahal had taught us how to uh, you know tell people how to get rules you know how to exploit I would say the word exploit because Guru Mahal would squeeze all the rules to figure out how to get the best part of the ticket. Yeah. It's like a. Uh, you know, was you know spend minimum travel maximum that kind of thing you know uh, so anyway so we would go through all the rules and then uh, decide on the tickets uh, go to the offices convince them to allow certain rules they, they wouldn't allow like around the world they had these rules you cannot backtrack for example if you go over the Atlantic Ocean you have to come back over the Pacific Ocean you cannot come back from Atlantic you cannot fly over ocean twice you cannot cross certain cities more than once or twice. You cannot uh, fly within a continent for more than uh, those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think my video is gone. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I'll try. yeah. Uh, so uh, we we con- we used to buy tickets like that, and after ticketing is done, it was not enough because we had to also make sure the visa part. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, can you hear me? We can hear you, but uh, we are having some problems with the video. Um, okay. How can we solve this? But maybe you can go ahead and just talk yeah, from because at least we can hear you. Uh, yeah. Hearing, yeah. Okay, fine. Thank you. So then uh, uh, we would uh, we would make sure that Guruma had all the visas. Mm-hmm. Now visa is another trick. It's not easy to get visa because you know Guru Maharaj had he accepted Indian passport because Prabhupada told him. And with Indian passport, you know, of course, he has a green card and U.S. entry permit and things like that. Not very difficult to get visa, but it was not easy. So sometimes I would go to Calcutta, I would go to Delhi, many embassies in Delhi. We would get visa, make sure visa is okay. Then the next part, seat availability. You know, not always we get seat on the flights Guru would want. You know, some 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 tickets, some airlines would have seat for the secretary, not for the not for Guru Maharaj because Guru Maharaj would fly business class mm-hmm. and by economic class. Mm-hmm. Uh, so those kind of things. Now many times it happened that uh, Guru Maharaj, because of Guru, I'm very sure it happened because of Guru Maharaj, some airlines were forced to change the rules. <laughs> it's very funny, <laughs> but I tell you, I just give you an example. See, for example, once I worked out the whole itinerary. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were with, uh, I was sitting in an agency's office 
we figured out all the rules and everything was agreed by the airlines after doing the whole thing the agent told me that prabhu i said what so prabhu ji the computer system is not able to take this many segments in one ticket you know because they only allowed say 25 or some system uh -huh. so the computer could not issue that many ticket as part of one round over ticket Okay. I said, but the rules are correct. How can we not accept? How can we not do it now? Rules are yeah. okay. We are within the limit of the rules. So you must tell the airlines that we have to buy this ticket. There is no time. So then this person goes back and forth, and finally they found out that, and they had to make two parts of one particular ticket, and uh, one ticket. So that was like a. And later, what happened is that the airlines came up with a rule. that you can only fly 15 sectors in one ticket <laughs> only fly 20 sectors in one ticket i'm very sure they understood this problem i give one more example yeah uh, so i give with quickly yeah once guru maharaj wanted to go to a uh, see guru maharaj would always look for uh, he would be very careful spending krishna's money mm. that would be very uh, particular about spending money mm -hmm. so he wanted to go to uh, dubai mm. when i went to go to dubai uh, but he had heard or found out from somewhere that russian airlines aeroflot was offering a cheap fare first class fare to dubai now guru ma generally fly business class but because this aeroflot who knows what kind of airplane they have in you know, facilities and things like that yeah. a small carrier so guru ma said okay i'll fly business class find out the fare <clears throat> so i found the fare now aeroflot being a russian carrier they would always go first to moscow moscow mm -hmm. then go to no guru maharaj knew this thing so they said okay the fare was very cheap but they would go first to moscow mm -hmm. and that exactly what guru maharaj wanted he said find a flight which does not have good connection in moscow from moscow onward uh -huh. so they would have to stop in moscow so <laughs> you got the point you yeah you go to temple give some class rush back to the airport and take the flight to dubai so effectively wow. we, he flew he flew first class from delhi to dubai and also went to moscow this is just a one small example you know yeah. so later we found out that aeroflot changed the rule that you cannot take a stop in moscow <laughs> so it was so amazing that the airlines kept changing the rules you know Yeah. But it was wow. so beautiful working with Guru Maharaj. Visa also that because Guru Maharaj would not use one ticket fully all the time. Mm -hmm. He would leave half because for whatever reasons, you know, sometimes his plan change, itinerary change, or some urgency come up. So there are few tickets we had to combine them. And around the world doesn't allow all the stops, so we had to buy visa. They call visit USA passes. Mm -hmm. uh passes oc passes middle east australia latin america passes those kind of tickets combined so it was a pretty uh in a sense very uh uh taxing service yeah so i don't want to take longer time because we are only 715 uh yeah but, uh, but i'm just wondering if you can uh is there anything you can do about the video uh just give me a second mate Yeah, there we do have a comment here from Chudamani Mataji, Hare Krishna, Badra Balam Prabhu. As it was during your service of serving Guru Maharaj during 
Srila Guru Maharaj traveled around the world many times a year. Guru Maharaj was in Guinness Book of Record as a most traveled person in the world by air. Do you have record of that time and share that with us? From Chudamini Mataji. Did you hear that, Prabhu? Yes. Uh, do you get my video? No, we still don't have your video, unfortunately. Hold on. Uh, yeah. Yeah, don't worry about the time, Prabhu. We can go more over a little bit. Get more time to get a bit check what is going on here. Yeah, take your time. Take your time. Don't worry about it. That's really interesting to know that Guru Maharaj was in the Guinness Book of Records for the most traveled person. I do not have Mataji, Chandrachudavani Mataji Pranam. I do not have that particular magazine. I also heard. Uh, that British Airways had uh, Airways had uh, named him as the, I think they named him as the first or second uh, most uh, frequent traveler. Now one thing to uh, notice is that those those who were supposedly first, I mean I believe Guru Maharaj traveled the most in the world because he would go he would go, I mean he would spend in a day sometimes three countries he crossed. Yeah. He would give morning class here, afternoon class somewhere else, and evening class somewhere else. And he, he traveled a lot and lot. So even though there may be some people who traveled more, maybe, but they had some they had a limited route uh, which, which they would travel. But Guru Maharaj had all the six continents covered when he would travel. He would travel all the six continents, you know, and uh, with uh, such a pace that we had to keep changing our traveling secretaries. You would find the record, you know, sometimes this, sometimes that, for half trip somebody, half trip somebody else, because they couldn't uh, handle the whole thing. I don't know what's happening. The camera here is so bad. Yeah, so, that's the problem. But it's okay, Prabhu. I mean, before we wrap up, I think that's so nice to hear about Guru Maharaj's travel pastimes. I think we should have one session just to talk about the travel pastimes, maybe with a few others as well, with Marichi Prabhu and the others. You know, we can do like a panel discussion. Yes, but, sure. before, yeah, but before we wrap up today, Prabhu, I just want uh, to know from you, in all your years of serving Guru Maharaj, if there is one quality of Guru Maharaj that really... Uh, attracted you and really uh, is close to your heart. Do you mind sharing that with us? Oh, sure. What is because of minding? I would love to. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. The thing is, Mataji, the, I mean, we know he's a mine of good qualities. You know? I mean, yeah. there is no one quality which is uh, less than other quality in a sense. But uh, since this forum is primarily Disciples Forum, yeah. I think it's very important that we understand him as a, you know, who is a guru with a, uh, with a phenomenal amount of tolerance. You know, tolerance is so, uh, so, uh, actually, I, I can't explain it because the amount of difficulties he takes for following the instructions of his spiritual master, Sri Prabhupada, the amount of austerity he takes for his disciples. Not only initiating, also training them. Mm -hmm. Initiating disciples itself is a is a big authority because you take the scene of all your disciples. No joke. 
Yeah. Who comes yeah. there? How many lifetime? What kind of uh, karmas there? But he takes it. So it's out of his, and he's able to tolerate. He he is traveling. What is it? To follow his guru's instruction. Yeah. So he's going to travel unlimitedly, preach unlimitedly. Mm-hmm. So he takes a lot of opportunity for that also. And mm-hmm. all this is tolerating physically, mentally, and who knows how many things he's tolerating from disciples while traveling. I just give one small. Uh, I remember one uh, one uh, sannyasi uh, was telling me. <laughs> he said, "Adrabaldam, you know what?" He said, "I used to think that this Jayapataka Swami travels business class, so he can travel more. No? Uh, economic class, he cannot travel." Mm-hmm. But when I started flying business class, I, I understood it's not easy there also, you know, because mm-hmm. traveling takes a lot of opportunity. Yeah, it's no joke changing the continent, changing the food, changing night and day, meeting people, being around that is opportunity, and meeting with devotees, the disciples who are you know crazy like myself or who knows how many, you know, uh, dealing with them, training them, keeping calm with them. It's a big austerity. So I think the tolerance that he has, mm-hmm. and of course compassion. And these things. I mean, we can talk about these things for hours. Thank you. Yes. Yes. But, uh, this, uh, this is one quality which you asked me. I think this this uh, tolerance, you know, is is uh, it's amazing. He, he does a lot of things with a lot of tolerance. You know, in different situations, I have seen. We could talk about something. Yes, you are right, Prabhu. I mean, to travel. You definitely need a lot of tolerance, and then you can see Guru Maharaj in all his other aspects in his life. If tolerance is not one of the main qualities that stands out, I don't know what else is. Compassion and tolerance, like you said, it's so so evident in our Guru Maharaj. You are back yeah, on the video got, now. We got uh, we got this thing here now. Video back. Yes. Can you see me? Yes. So okay. go on, Prabhu. I mean, we are uh, coming to the forty-minute mark, but it's okay. Maybe you okay, can fine. tell one more pastime about Guru Maharaj, and then we can wrap it up. Uh, about this uh, same question you asked me. Or? Anything, any uh, any pastime. Okay, I think fine. one of the questions I had is like, you know, any pastime that is not so commonly known for uh, to many people would be nice if you can. Let us in into some nice intimate pastimes. You see, like uh, I mean, I'm sure there are many pastimes which are not known by all devotees. Yeah, and uh, it could be personal dealings with a devotee. You know, mm-hmm. it could be public dealings with some uh, yeah. normal things. But uh, I could uh, tell you one thing which I remember. Okay. Uh, I mean, I remember many, but I can tell one thing which I might have, I have done, I did in fact share with uh, maybe some people. But anyway, I can tell it. It's a beautiful thing. Okay. Uh, that talks about his compassion. Very nice. How compassionate he could be. Mm-hmm. It blew my mind off. Okay. I don't know if it also blew your mind off. Maybe you heard about it. Uh, so what happened is that uh, I think few years back we asked. Oh, we are having problems again. Oh God! Okay, Janaki Prabhu, you want to send me a message to see what we can do?
gentleman from are you back okay i think we are back on live but i think guru march class is going to start soon okay uh, okay i just finished with yes so then okay. okay so uh, so this gentleman he was uh, head of the department for sanskrit in the university sanskritikatan university very famous university mm -hmm. uh, so he was actually for sanskrit so when he came to mayapur and saw vyasa puja of guru maharaj he was somehow inspired and he said uh, he wrote down eight verses uh, glorifying guru maharaj Mm -hmm. and he told i want to present it to guru maharaj he came with a senior devotee patricharya prabhu uh so i took him to guru maharaj uh, guru maharaj offered a chair and he sat down guru maharaj sitting in the front and then this devotee this gentleman he read the eight verses mm -hmm. uh, after hearing all the verses sanskrit verses and So I was thinking, Guru Maharaj is not known to be a you know great Sanskrit scholar. He's not showing off. He's not uh, doing some that kind of work in his con. So I thought, anyway, let's see what Guru Maharaj says. So this devotee, this person, read out all the verses, and then he said, so he expected Guru Maharaj's comment. And uh, Guru Maharaj said that uh, very nice. You know, But he said in this particular verse, he quoted I think fifth or sixth or some number I forgot. Sorry, he said that verse has needs some change. I thought, wow, it's like reminded me of you know Mahaprabhu pointing Ma out that. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so we were curious. Uh, Guru Maharaj said that uh, this particular verse says that I am willing to take all the scenes of all my disciples. Hmm. That is change. Hmm. Now, first thought was that Guru Maharaj is being very humble. You know, hmm. oh, I am not such a great person. Hmm. But Guru Maharaj is a genuine person. He is not a person to show some pseudo humility. You know, fine. He said this verse requires change. So this uh, gentleman, he was like, yes, Maharaj. Uh, what changes uh, should be made here? Guru Maharaj said, "This verse says that I am willing to take scenes of all my disciples, mm -hmm. but actually I am willing to take scenes of all human beings, all human beings." This blew my mind. Like, wow. and also those who were there, that Guru Maharaj, imagine his capacity of accepting scenes. Not only that, but compassion for the people of the world, yeah. not only yeah. disciples. He said, "All human beings." So that was something that, uh, and Guru Maharaj, of course, said that now you change it and you write another verses glorifying Shri Prabhupada. You know, uh, and then Guru Maharaj explained about this Jodi Prabhupada na hoy to bhajan and things like that. That was the experience. You know, I thought I could uh, share. Maybe not many people know about this thing. Uh, there are many things which we could talk about, and Guru Maharaj's class is about to start. Yes. So, Stop here. Yeah, that was a very beautiful pastime, Prabhu. Thank you so much for sharing. And I think that is not uh, too long ago. That's in recent times, right? Uh, the the recent one, the this one. 
the last uh-huh. year thing it was before 3 4 years thing. wow yeah prabhu it's before such a honor it's so such a honor for me to be able to speak to you and for everyone to listen to you uh, i wish we had more time but i think we can go ahead and now listen from guru maharaj himself thank you so much for joining mataji also thank to janaki raman prabhu yes thank you very much and i uh, uh, hope to see you again and uh, hari krishna prabhu thank you so much thank you everyone for listening in hari krishna hari bol